This is Counsel for Life, a podcast engaging conversations about mental health and the Christian life with licensed biblical counselors Beth Broom and Eliza Huey. Welcome back to Counsel for Life. This is Eliza Huey, and I'm here with Beth Broom, my co-host. It's great to see you, Beth. How are you doing? I'm good. Hi, You're Eliza. always good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm enjoying my time with you. It's wonderful. It is fun. I enjoy chatting with you. We have had so much fun recording these podcasts. So I hope they've been helpful for you all who are listening and we would love to hear from you. So definitely drop us a comment or, or um, yeah, reach out to us. We'd love to hear what you'd love to have us talk about on these uh, podcasts as well. But today we are talking about something um, that is another common situation that people deal with, and that's anxiety. And I'll tell you what, um, if you haven't been anxious before, I'm not sure you're breathing because whether it's just nervous about an event coming up or a test you have to take as a student, or or maybe you're even nervous about a meal you're making for somebody or a, a presentation you have to give at work. Everybody's had anxiety to the degree to different degrees of like that nervousness to deep anxiety that tends to almost can almost cripple us. Um, it's common and it's it's common for believers and unbelievers. And so Beth, I'm just wondering if as we get started on this topic, do you have a definition just so we can kind of like clarify what we're talking about? Can you give us a definition of what you would say anxiety is? Yeah. I mean, it is such a buzzword Mm -hmm. and it can range, like you said, everything from I'm feeling nervous about this thing that I have to do today to all the way to something that's pervasive and uh, it makes it difficult to even function. So, right. um, so everybody experiences stress and, um, and the kind of anxiety that is, I don't know what's going to happen. I feel out of, I feel out of control, but if you, if you're looking at something that is like a clinical type of anxiety, because I actually have people ask me quite mm-hmm. often, like, how do you know that your anxiety is at the level where you might really need to get some help? It's, it's, you know, sort of beyond your, your daily functioning kind of stuff. And, um, so that kind of anxiety is, is deeper and it, it includes this kind of excessive worry and fear that can persist for at least six months or so. Mm. And it's, it's pre- regarding either particular events or activities, or it's kind of running in the background for you all the time. And you can feel your body is keyed up kind of in mm. like fight or flight mode often. Um, I even liken it, like sometimes I'll, I'll ask people what, what is it like when you're doing normal activities, like cooking or driving or whatever, do you sense that your body is tense? Like your shoulders are tense because our bodies sometimes experience anxiety, even when we're mentally not right thinking about it. We can talk about that more in just a few minutes, but <clears throat> you can experience anxiety without meeting all the criteria for an anxiety disorder. Obviously we don't all have an anxiety disorder, but anxiety is common to all of us at various times. And also anxiety is different from depression, even though they share some common attributes. Those are, those are different because depression is, you know, we've done already done a podcast on this, but it deals more with sadness and hopelessness um, and a difficulty functioning in the day-to-day routines. So um, the other thing I want to say about anxiety is that sometimes a physical illness or a disorder can look like anxiety. And so it's important, and we've said this before on our podcast, to to get checked um, by a doctor if you are uncertain where this is coming from or what's happening, because sometimes what's happening in our in our bodies physically could be manifesting in some of these things that feel more emotional. But it is um, it, you know, it can manifest itself as anxiety. And uh, so so, and yeah. so can, what, so can trauma, add? right? Like trauma can be another one where, um, you know, 
it doesn't mean that it's not anxiety. It might just mean that it's more than just anxiety. If somebody is feeling a lot of the symptoms and you think like, I know I've definitely had that as a counselor, have somebody come in and say, you know, I, I just need to talk with somebody because my anxiety is just through the roof. And in talking with them, I'm like, yes, this is anxiety, but it's more than anxiety. You've got some trauma that, you know, looking, sharing, hearing your story shared, like this is not normal stress that you've been through. This is, this is, you know, you're, whether it was like you were in a life-threatening situation or you've been a victim of some kind of assault or attack or something like that, like it kind of makes sense. Your body's still living in the war. And so we just want to make sure, and this is where a counselor can help with somebody who's a little bit more trained. So yeah, if if you're unsure, it's worth talking to somebody. I think that's something that we need to get more comfortable with is being able to say like, I'm actually meant for community because sometimes my community, whether my community is my church or my small group or a counselor who's a part of that community can help me understand my story a little bit better. So yeah, sometimes anxiety can be more than anxiety. So absolutely. And we're never meant, you and I are never meant to just figure everything out on our own. That's a very hyper individualized Mm -hmm. kind of thing that culturally we experience that, Oh, you know, I should be able to figure this out on my own. Well, we're just not meant to do that. We can't see from every angle uh, we're, we're, we need somebody else looking in and asking good questions so that we can kind of get at the heart of what's happening. So yes, that's absolutely yeah. true. And maybe, maybe trauma is something we could talk about at a future time. I know you and yes. I have a lot of, a lot of, um, passionate thoughts about, uh, the, the need for good trauma care, um, in the counseling world and in the church. So yeah, I, yeah, I would love to talk about that at a diff- in a different episode for sure. So um, what are some, so what, what are some symptoms of anxiety? So like, what would people need to look for? I know you kind of mentioned the body. Is there anything else that we need to be like looking for? Like, how do I know that I'm dealing with anxiety? Yeah. So a lot of people actually, uh, notice the things in their bodies even before or instead of noticing mm-hmm. emotion. And so these sort of muscle tension, frequent muscle mm-hmm. tension, that's not necessarily explained by some sort of injury, you know, um, and, and even like difficulty concentrating, trouble sleeping. That's something that maybe, man, I'm, my mind is just racing and I can't settle down to get a good night's sleep. Um, and so just this feeling of restlessness and I'm keyed up and my, my I'm just kind of going nonstop and, and I'll, oftentimes there's some irritability too. And, and with pe- some people will, I've actually had people come into counseling for anger issues and they're yeah. like, I need to deal with my anger. Please show me how to do anger management. And, and uh, well, actually I think there's some irritability because you're anxious. Maybe you're not identifying it as anxiety, but that irritability or that sort of snapping at people can, can be due to, I'm feeling so much stress. Um, and, and there's anxiety happening for me and it's just coming out in anger. I think that's a good point because like we've talked about anxiety can have physical uh, symptoms or, or characteristics, but it can also have relational and that irritability is one. Another one that I have seen is um, sometimes our anxiety is tied to a desire for us to make sure everything's okay. So this sense of, we can use the word control. Like I just need to know that my world is safe. And so if, 
if that's the case, then the people in my world have to be safe as well. And so we can almost have a controlling um, interaction between those closest to us and it affects our relationships as well, I would say. So if you're looking for, you know, am, am I dealing with anxiety? Like how free are you to be able to have a, um, a relationship with maybe like your child or somebody who's near and dear to you and not have to be kind of hovering over it or, or making sure everything is happening just the way it should, um, can sometimes show up. So it actually has relational components or characteristics as well, uh, where you tend to kind of have to, you know, make sure, are you checking or over-checking whether it's somebody you care for, somebody you love, you know, sometimes that anxiety can, can make you become kind of hyper-vigilant in your relationships. Mm Yeah. And I mean, side note, but I think sometimes as believers, we, we jump very quickly to, oh, I shouldn't be doing that. That's, you know, that's bad. That's sinful. But even like we talked about in the last episode, naming it, calling it what it is allows us then to slow down enough to say, well, I mean, I feel, so the example, even that you gave about caring about your children, uh, I feel this thing because I love my children at the core. It's, I love them. And I want them to be safe. That's normal. Like that is a normal feeling. And then where we take it sometimes can be to a place of stress and anxiety that um, it doesn't, it doesn't actually provide the benefit that we're hoping that it will at, at the very least. And at most, it even can move us towards um, just, just a, a space where we are uh, running ourselves into the ground, right. constantly trying to make everything okay. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's a really big factor for sure. So there's a lot of things, honestly, that can contribute to anxiety. People ask me this a lot, like, where did my anxiety come from? Why do I have this? Or what, how do I make sure I'm not going to have it? Like, what are Mm. some protective factors that keep me from having anxiety potentially? But I will say that, you know, some people are just kind of more predisposed than others. I, you know, my husband and I joke because he's just, he just doesn't get stressed very easily at all. And I sometimes feel jealous of that. He just naturally can just take things in stride and, and as they come and he's not easily uh, thrown off kilter by things that happen and, and other people are easily thrown off and I'm one of those people. So it's, it's easy for me. And I don't know if that's predisposition or my personality, but I just know that it naturally is, is, is more readily available to me than it is for other people. Sometimes. I don't know. I don't know what you think about that. Yeah, I think so. I I was reading in a book recently and, um, he was talking about his mother, how she was just a natural worrier. It was just kind of her personality was, she was prone to worry for various reasons, I'm sure, but he called it, um, instead of post-traumatic stress, he said it's pre-traumatic stress. Like she has the stress before the situation even happens. (laughs) So I think there is that. Um, and part of that does, you know, stem to, from like, it, it can be part of just even the way we were raised, you know, were we, were we like this man who was sharing that in the book, was, was he raised with somebody who was, who was constantly looking out for the other shoe to drop, you know, or, um, but, but yeah, what we do with that is, is really important, I think though, and um, where we go with that and um, what the yeah. Bible has to say to that as well. So, yeah. And that's another thing I was going to say was that sometimes it's modeled for us so mm-hmm. well, that maybe well is not the right word, but it is modeled for <laughs> so us often. So much that, yes. Yeah. That we end up um, functioning in that way because we watched it for so long and, and we do learn yeah. by modeling by example. 
Um, I think another thing is that when we have a really low view of ourselves, of our ability to overcome and work through problems as they happen, if we, if we have a pretty low view of our abilities to do that, then that can really lead to greater anxiety because we're, we're struggling to even believe that we can handle the stress or even that God is for us in the stress. So sometimes even our view of God can be affecting how we, how we see stressful and anxiety producing situations. Um, and then, you know, some people really honestly in their upbringings, they're not, um, and this is sort of goes with modeling, but not taught how to have good coping strategies in stressful situations. Right. And, and ideally we would all have received as children, uh, just helpful tools for how to handle stress, but that's not the case for many, many people. And so that's another thing. And then even, you know, we talked before about physical issues. Sometimes our, our physical weaknesses can lend themselves to just, um, having more difficulty handling life stressors. And then the last thing I would say, and you already said this, Eliza is just, um, trauma in our past, because when we've experienced trauma, we do have a very good reason for expecting the other shoe to drop. We, we have a, a, an understandable thing that gives us this sense that things could go really badly at any given moment. And then, so there's that restlessness and being keyed up. And even we, in, in the trauma world, we call that hypervigilance where we're just head on a swivel continually wondering what's going to happen next. That's bad. Uh, and that's a really hard way to live. It's a really exhausting type of functioning that can happen. But is there sure. anything else you can think of like contributing factors to anxiety? Oh, there, there are very, there's a lot of other things. One thing I will say as we kind of move towards um, the end of this particular episode is that anxiety does um, tend to pull us in one of two directions. It pulls us into the future of the what ifs, or it pulls us back into the past of this happened. And, and that, means I'm not safe, or that means it's probably going to happen again, or that means I can't trust or something like that. So it pulls us to the past or it pulls us to the future. And I think for, for us, it's really important um, to remember. And I shared this verse on another episode, Psalm 46, verse one, God is an ever present help in troubled times. God helps us in the, in the present. So as we walk with people, or if this is you struggling with anxiety, Pull yourself back into the present. Stay in the here and now. What is happening right now? And who is God in this moment? And let that passage speak to you. Like God is your ever-present help. And so he controls the future and he can redeem the past. But right now he is your helper. And allowing our minds to move away from that pull that it can, it can have, that anxiety can really have. And staying present with the Lord, I think is really important. Oh, so good. So helpful. And it is hard to be present when, when the world, it feels like sometimes the world is just spinning at a rate that we can't, we can't manage sometimes. And so being present in the moment with the people that we're with, with the Lord, with ourselves, paying attention to our bodies and what's happening in our bodies, all of that is so, so good and so important. And the Bible has a lot to say about anxiety. It's similarly to what we said last week about suffering. The Bible doesn't minimize these things. The, the, the Lord doesn't minimize these things. Anxiety is legitimate. It's a real thing in the Bible. And I think what, what a lot of people find surprising is that the word anxious, however we you know translate it into English, is used in the Bible in a way that uh, is, is not necessarily pointing to something that is 
bad or negative. Paul talks about being anxious for the church. He has this inner sensation of longing to see them, longing for them to grow, wanting their, wanting them to walk with the Lord. And he feels so much about it. He feels, and I, I wouldn't say, I don't sense that Paul's like stressed out, but he does have this feeling of angst in his soul, uh, for other people's salvation and growth in the Lord. And that's a good thing. Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane experienced terrible angst and, and feeling concerned, really concerned and upset about what he's about to have to endure on the cross. And that wasn't sinful, obviously. Uh, and so there is, I do want us to always slow down when we experience these feelings and let ourselves be with them and with the Lord in them and not to automatically, uh, slap something on it of, Oh, that's sinful. I need to stop it. Or I'm trying to control things. I need to stop it. Maybe, but maybe also the Lord just wants to come towards you and meet you in that moment. And if you are beating yourself down for feeling anxious all the time, it's going to be really difficult to receive the comfort and forgiveness and healing of the Lord. It's going to be hard to receive that. If you are in this state of just trying to shove that away and stop it, (laughs) you know, if the answer for you is stop it, I need to stop it. I need to do something else then you're missing opportunity to have a really beautiful intimacy with the Lord where he can come towards you. And so I do think we need, we need healing from Jesus. We need him to come towards us. He understands suffering at the deepest level. And so for, for us to be willing to invite him into these anxious moments is a huge thing that we need so deeply. That's good. That's really good. Yes. And I think one last thing that I I will say too, is to recognize, and you, you sort of touched on this is that it's oftentimes, especially when we're talking about the body's response, it can be automatic. And so we don't want to shame anybody or make you feel bad or guilty because your body is responding. It's your body's way of responding to something that you've told, you know, it can either be a situation that has told it to respond that way, or it can be something that you're thinking about or ruminating on in your head. And so your body is responding, trying to keep you safe. And so if you're feeling these things in your body, one of the things that I would say is address your body. So take some, take a moment, take some deep breaths, um, remind yourself of the truth of scripture as you take deep breaths and uh, try to relax certain parts of your body. I know for myself, I can tell in my body where the stress is, where the tension is. And so trying to focus on those rather than ignoring the fact that your body is responding and, and pretending like that doesn't matter, actually attend to it, give it what it needs, uh, rest, pause, uh, drink some water, do what you need to care for yourself. And I think it's really important as well. So we, uh, we hope this has been helpful. We could go into even more detail and, um, I just want to, I just want to, we've often shared some moments here, um, some of them more serious than others, but if anxiety is, in a sense, stress. I just want to, um, I'll maybe put you on the spot. I'll share too, if if it helps, but like we all do things in our stressful moments and you'll have to excuse me if you hear my lawn mowers outside because they are mowing the lawn because Beth and I are in a really high tech studio right now. So (laughs) no, no, we're not. No, you actually might hear my son coming home. from (laughs) There we go. (laughs) So back to the podcast. Um, what do you, how do people know your stress, Beth? How do people know that, that Beth Broom is stressed out? Well, I will say I have been known to stress clean 
oh, my life. Uh, I need you in my life. I need you to come be stressed at my house. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, so, you know, and it's not normal kind of cleaning. I mean, that would be useful, but it's like nitpicky cleaning, like baseboards, lines, oh. uh, pulling weeds in the corner of the backyard. You know, it's like stuff that no one notices anyway. It's not really helpful. <laughs> it would be great if I could do something that's actually helpful and useful with my stress, but really it's more, and, and I can feel my control coming out, right? It's like, I need to control something. And so I will control my baseboards. They will be clean and no one will ever notice that I actually did that work. So that, no. that would be something I could confess. What about you? Uh, no, you have to goodness. share too. Oh, you know, I definitely am a stress eater for sure. And the thing about it is I have a very high metabolism, so you probably won't know it that I'm a stress eater, but I will, if, if they're, especially if it's crunchy and salty and I'm in, you know, having to get things done or I'm stressed about something, I will go to the crunchy, salty chips or the, and or nuts or something like that. And it is amazing how they can disappear so fast. And I think the one way that I've seen this is I used to eat sunflower, sunflower seeds. I don't do this hardly ever I anymore. Love sunflower seeds. Well, I could go through an entire bag and not even notice, especially if I'm like just trying to distract myself or I'm stressed about something. And I go through the entire bag. And the only way I know that notice is that my tongue is like blistered from sunflower seeds. So so I think I'm a stress eater. That's that's what I would confess to. So well, at least you have a high metabolism. Most <laughs> of us do not have that uh, the joy of of it going through quickly. So yeah, that makes sense. Yes, we all have different ways that we handle stress. Some mm-hmm. things are better than others. Healthy, yeah. Some are not. Some are not so healthy. Um, but we we do hope it's helpful for you guys to hear a little bit about anxiety. This is a bit more of a general overview of it. We may have um, more details later in some future episodes. And yeah, I mean, I'm just going to reiterate what you said, Eliza. I really hope that our listeners will give us some, some ideas of some mm. things that you would like to have us talk about. And so um, you can do, leave that in comments and uh, we would, we would love to hear from you, but we are so honored to get to be sharing things with you and sharing uh, our lives as well with you, not mm-hmm. just information, but to be with you in uh, our real, in- real high tech studios here. <laughs> right. Definitely. Well, thank you so much for listening. We hope you'll join us again next week. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Council for life with Beth Broom and Eliza Huey. If you've been enjoying the podcast, please be sure to rate, share, and subscribe. And for more information, visit Council for Life Podcast dot com.